Abstract with Clark and Alyssa. I just want to know what kind of dinosaur everybody is. I know. It's just it's just all I really want. It's it's let's be honest, I've been playing the long game over here. Yeah. This is all led up <laughs> this to is a the dinosaur end goal. test. <laughs> Did we decide what I was? I I'm not gonna lie, I edited some of that out of the last episode. I know, I noticed. Yeah, it, it, we really talked about dinosaurs, a lot. <laughs> but I felt bad, so I'm I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourself. Um, what if I'm not a, on a dinosaur kick today? You're on. You a missed dinosaur. your chance. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of dinosaur you are. Did you take the quiz? Have you taken any quiz? Have you explored your soul? Oh wow. Your epics long soul. Epic. <laughs> What? Epics, epoch, long soul. Okay. So, no, I don't know what dinosaur I am. I have not taken your tests. Uh, is the BuzzFeed one the official test? That I mean, that's the one that I took. Okay. I would not necessarily, uh, I'm not sure how much those people know about dinosaurs, but it's fun. It is fun. So. Listeners, at Wordstruck Pod, that's where you can tell us what kind of dinosaur you are. Yeah, I even tweeted the quiz out. Nice. So check it out. It'll be I'm good. Trying to, you know, make it as easy as possible for you to search your soul mm-hmm. and discover what kind of dinosaur you are, or it's just important. discover more about different dinosaurs. There's that too. Just learn about them. They're fun. They're fun. Hmm. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, it's not. No, we're here to talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, specifically chapters four, five, and six. Did da, you read your chapters? Da, da. Last night I did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that makes you the perfect candidate to give me a summary of chapter four. Yeah, chapter four is back to the burrow. And that's when the Lees- the Weasleys use the f- the flu network. I-, I wrote this, I swear, but I'm struggling. <laughs> the Weasleys use the flu network to pick Harry up from the Dursley's house. The twins, I'm going to use the word poison. Mm-hmm. Poison Dudley. Mm-hmm. And it does not go well. Yeah, poison seems fair. I feel like... If Mr. Weasley hadn't been there, it would have involved a hospital visit and... He might have died. Yeah. it's. Like, I mean, if Mr. Weasley hadn't been there, Mr. Weasley would have been there because that's literally his job. Yeah. <laughs> to go to places where people have misused magic around muggles and fix it so that the muggles don't remember it and the people are all still okay. I watched Men in Black mm-hmm. uh, this week and there were so many similarities. Yeah. Yeah, just between the high cat, between the uh, wiping of memories and all that. So, yeah. Uh, This was... Okay, so you had me a little bit scared because I ranted and raved last episode about how I'm done with the Dursleys. I hope we don't have to deal with them again. And and you're like, oh, you might not like this. And I was worried that, like, we're going to be spending a lot more time with them. Thankfully, one didn't. One more chapter was okay for one you. One more chapter was fine, and it was a pretty short chapter. And these all felt short, to be honest. They did. It. Uh, I personally, I think chapter five was the meatiest of the bunch. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I'd agree. And, and this one, it, it just feels very much like this is the point A to point B. But what do you think about the Weasleys using the flu network to pick up Harry? I. It 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 looks really bad for Mr. Weasley. For someone that claims to know the slightest thing about muggles to find that acceptable, 
is just utterly like it makes him look incompetent. It makes them all seem incompetent. Like you think Harry at some point would have mentioned to Ron or even they were there when Harry flewed for the first time. When he flew, mm-hmm. he's like, mm-hmm. I've never done this before because we don't do this. Well, uh, you think they'd be like, oh, mi- muggles don't do that. Mr. Weasley, he knows. He knows that muggles aren't, don't do that and that that's not normal. Yeah. And, and he, he even says to Mr. Dursley, like, I had your home connected to the flu network yeah, for yeah. this one instance just so we could do this and it will be taken off. Like, it, but like you're not supposed to do, do that. that. But I did it because, and I think he did it out of convenience. Yeah. I do think there was. I, I don't. I don't think Mr. Weasley necessarily thought about this. But from from the Dursleys' perspective, other than the fact that the the home was utterly destroyed in in yeah, many yeah. ways from this, um, it's like the lowest impact way for the Weasleys to come pick him up. Like, there's no outside. Like, no. That's no true. nosy neighbors will see yeah. anything. There's like, if they'd flown, then you have a bunch of risks. Even if they hired a car from the ministry, they're still going to walk out of the car between the car and the front doorstep. And yeah. like, apparently the neighbors are obsessive in this neighborhood and they're going to notice if there's something weird looking. And who was that family? And they and- did mention that. I mean, he did go on to say like, they're going to look normal, right? Because people will be watching. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think that was something Mr. Weasley considered. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like he doesn't have shame in who he is. Yeah. And, and he doesn't understand the Dursleys. So I, I don't think that's something that he was, you know, I think they would appreciate if no one saw us. Like, I don't think that's something yeah. he thought about. But I think it's a side benefit for the Dursleys that they are, uh, aside from everything else that went <laughs> side wrong. Side benefit? To, to not have their neighbors curious and nosy and, and yeah. raising all the bells. I, I will say I, I think it is inconsiderate because... Yeah, he just wasn't thinking about all those little things and the Dursleys and Muggles and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he wasn't considering them because he was in consi- like they know how strict Harry's aunt and uncle are. Like they have to know some of these things about how incredibly particular they are. And like maybe don't take your whole family. Maybe don't take your prankster sons. Yeah, that's something I don't get. Why did the twins like, have to be there? Yeah. And was it that they begged like can we go to yeah, with this which, thought in the back of their mind, and Mr. Weasley thinks, "Oh, sure, why not? They're they're tougher kids. They can carry some of the stuff. Harry probably shouldn't be fluing yeah. with all of his stuff, considering how poorly it went last time around." Yeah, still though, bad idea. It, yeah, the, I I would <laughs> like somewhere in these pages a reason why those those two were there. I, even yeah. even a line of you know we were out running errands and this was the last stop. Kind yep, of a thing. Yep. Getting the school rows together, something, something new, something to, to justify yeah. why they had to be there. Because I get Ron, I get Mr. Weasley, I don't get the twins. Yeah. And the twins are ninety eight percent of the problem. Yep. Especially when they could have taken the two older brothers, which would have been, I mean, if they needed extra hands, they had options. They could have just taken Ron and Hermione. They could have just they, lots of things. So, yep. I had a problem with that because it it felt like just another tool the author was using to have this whole thing happen. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing felt avoidable in so many ways. Even like telling them we're fluing in. 
you know, give them some kind of warning. Yeah, that you know? that was an oversight. Yeah. yeah. Of this is how we're planning to pick you up. Yep. So that Harry could have said, "Oh, that's that's maybe possible. It's maybe going to be a problem because you know that this electric fireplace is installed, but we could probably remove that pretty well." Yeah. Yeah. The Dursleys aren't going to like it, but they but I can probably pitch it to them as the alternative is all the neighbors seeing my wizard friends yeah yeah they won't be seen here it will be okay yeah yeah there, there's a little bit of a like an, a consent issue i think of whether your house is hooked up to the flu network what if someone else had you know flued wrong yeah that's true they could i mean because it happens you're just kind of tumbling through so and like it seems yeah. like for the most part it's it's a pretty well figured system but you know harry can't be the only one who ends up in nocturne alley One thing that I really did want to talk about that yeah, sure. like warmed my heart uh-huh. was seeing Mr. Weasley try to work with Mr. Dursley. Oh, like, yeah. His considerations yeah. and his like fathering of Harry and like he sees that they're concerned and and he tries, tries to just like make small talk. Yeah. Tries to be a real human with them. He sees dudley and like Mm -hmm. is legitimately concerned because dudley looks so scared because the last time he encountered a wizard he ended up with a pig's tail i think your favorite quote may have something to do with that but um just with the way he approached dudley anyway we'll see we'll see yeah i don't i don't think so actually oh there's a quote where it's like the way that mr weasley said something to dudley it was worded in such a it way. Do you so, know what I'm talking like, about? It was so lovely. I, I know he what you're like, talking so about. He was so genuinely concerned for him as we both reach for our books. Mm-hmm. Welcome mm-hmm. to Wordstruck, where we reread <laughs> the entire story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not not my favorite quote. Not um, your favorite quote? Okay. I'm still... You, there's still a lot you don't know about me, Clark. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the process, though. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Sorry, I do care about this one. Here we go. Mr. Weasley, however, seemed genuinely concerned at Dudley's peculiar behavior. Indeed, from the tone of his voice when he next spoke, Harry was quite sure that Mr. Weasley thought Dudley was quite as mad as the Dursleys thought he was, except that Mr. Weasley felt sympathy rather than fear. Yeah, that was like, oh man. Yeah. Like, I always knew that Mr. Weasley is a good guy and that I'm like on his side. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was, that, that one sentence was like, Oh my gosh, you may be my hero in this book. Like, yeah. like you're not. You're clearly not perfect. <laughs> no, there's a lot you didn't consider, but but he he comes at something he doesn't know. Not only with love and curiosity, but also sympathy and 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 I think in some ways empathy too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really beautiful. And I was like, I. <laughs> It's really sweet. And then that up against Mr. Dursley, who, mm, like. They were, again, just such cartoon versions of, of people. They were so animated, so angry, so upset about everything. It's just like you half expect steam to be coming out of his ears at every scene, you know. And and the fact that, like, I, I like at the end how Mr. Weasley, he holds Mr. Dursley to, like, Ooh. you are not going to see your nephew until next summer. That's borderline fighting words, though. Not going to lie. That whole situation of like, I'm in your house. I'm going to tell you what to say. It was very much uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't I don't know that that's the right call necessarily. But. Yeah. Like, 
yeah, some someone with 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 you know a a, a fully fully formed cerebral cortex mm-hmm, should mm-hmm. hold these adults accountable for how they're treating Harry. Yeah, somebody. And finally, needs to. there's someone. Yeah, you you have Sirius who last book you know, took some shots at the Dursleys for how terrible they are. You have mm-hmm. McGonagall, who at the very beginning of Sorcerer's Stone was like, these are the worst people I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And you have Dumbledore, who's over there saying, well, but they're family. Yep. And yep. that's, that's, and, and. Blood sicker than water. And I, I, I mean, I think, and Hagrid, who's, yeah, he's an adult who, you know, scolded them and, and, you know, made them, tried to make them see the error of their ways, but he did so in the wrong way. And this is finally someone who is not, not shaming them necessarily and not fighting them necessarily, but, you know, forcing them to like confront you've treated this child poorly in a really uncomfortable way to the point that he actually does something. He actually like, has a like see see you later or like a, a throwaway goodbye yeah, yeah. and it's like well you made him uncomfortable enough to actually you know try something and i'm sure in the back of his mind he's thinking like i will say whatever to get you to leave my house oh yeah but it was a lot more out of fear than like, a lot of things it was it was a, a a win and i'm just sitting here like mr weasley best human right now yeah <laughs> like, so what do you think happened in the five minutes between Harry flowing back and Mr. Arthur flowing back? What do you think happened in that house? Because it's Dur- Dudley. Yeah. Dudley's tongue kept getting bigger and bigger to where it was like four feet or something like that. Yeah, I think they said four feet. So like what happened in those few minutes? Because it seemed like it went pretty quick before he was back. I think... The Dursleys fought him and they like physically tried to like keep him away while they're trying like Vernon's like fencing him off mm-hmm. and Petunia's like probably just looking at about yeah. it and like trying to like stroke his face and all and like help and stop it. Yeah. And you got to shove your wallet in there. And at some point, Mr. Weasley looks at that and goes, you know what? No. And like stupefies him and. Is you like think? I yeah I I think he like or like leg locker curse or something huh. and has to like get immobilize them so he can actually address the life threatening problem of a kid with a four foot long tongue yeah who probably is losing his ability to breathe yeah and address all that and then like clean up the house and then I'm not even sure if he ends the charm or if he lets it like die of its own accord i imagine he probably ends the charm right as he's stepping in the so you think he erases the whole experience i don't think he erases the experience i think he cleans up the mess that he made i think he like cleans up the dust and everything and puts everything right and he makes sure dudley's healthy but even as part of his job is like helping to make sure that muggles don't observe that sort of thing yes but family's different okay like so you don't think he wiped their memories at all no okay Huh. All right. No, I, I absolutely don't don't think that they I, they still know. Huh. Because they're family. I think at the end of the day, like Harry's family needs to know something about his world. And I mean, I guess they would have. <laughs> if, if, if they were yeah. bystanders, they would not have memory of it. Hmm. OK. Interesting. Interesting. I thought maybe they would just plant the false memories and they would just remember Harry like 
stuff in the fireplace and everything was fine. I think the other benefit of not wiping their memory is Mr. Weasley got Mr. Dursley to say goodbye to Harry. Yeah. And like there's, I mean, he's sitting there looking at, at the, at this family that's mistreating this kid who doesn't deserve that. And every victory they need to remember. Yeah. And like in order to form different habits, which is probably a lost cause, but yeah, I now understand that a lot better because yeah, thinking about it, how could that have gone well? And I guess, you know, yeah, not bring the boys, not all that stuff, but it's also, yeah, it's, that's, that's idealizing the situation. So favorite quotes, (laughs) (laughs) chapter four, um, I'll go first. Yeah. Let's see. Mine is on page 46 of chapter four of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This is Wordstruck. Great books with great friends. I'm still flipping. Mark for time. Mark for time. I'm still flipping. (laughs) All right. It's on page 46. (laughs) And this is the small talk that Mr. Weasley is trying to make with Mr. Dursley. Um, He's looking at, so so he looks around the living room and he sees the TV and the video recorders and he says, they run off electricity, do they? He said knowledgeably. <laughs> ah, yes, I can see the plugs. I collect plugs. <laughs> he added to Uncle Vernon. And batteries. Got a large collection of batteries. My wife thinks I'm mad, but there you are. <laughs> I collect plugs. <laughs> it's just great like who does that it's very endearing i i really liked that moment too of like i mean we've all been there where you kind of try to talk to someone when you're out of your depth and you mispronounce the thing and you don't really realize that you did and you're (laughs) you're trying to be all cool and and very approachable and it's just going horribly wrong to people who know otherwise it's so fun the language barrier just i collect plugs Oh. Yeah, the, the, the language and the culture barrier. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. How about you? Mine's on page 41. Mm. And it's uh, before the Weasleys arrive, before the tornado comes. It's Harry spent most of the afternoon in his bedroom. He couldn't stand watching Aunt Petunia peer out through the net curtains every few seconds as though there had been a warning about an escaped rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I thought about that. I thought you were going to pick that one. Mm, nope. I, Still have a lot to learn about me. So so before I got to the end of that sentence about the, an escaped rhinoceros, my picture in my head of what Aunt Petunia looked like mm-hmm. looking out the windows was the same picture that I had of her in the first book of peeking over the fences at the nosy yeah, neighbors. Yeah. Just like Snoopy, snooping, trying to like you know fine little details yeah yeah and then the escaped rhinoceros happened and and it just completely changed (laughs) how i pictured her it was like legitimate fear and like twitchy and just it it painted such such a specific picture it's it's um trash can size hands and and baby dolphin feet (laughs) baby dolphin feet that's that's gonna be so hard to beat all-time favorites it's that that's what it did for me is so oddly specific and painted such a clear picture Mm. and also i and i I like how telling it is too that they they imagine a wizard family coming to visit 
is not that different from a rhinoceros <laughs> escaped and running around and destroying everything. But it's which true. isn't far off from what <laughs> yeah. happened, to be fair. Yep. But it doesn't always have to go that way. It's not always that bad. <laughs> yeah, that was a good quote. I thought it kind of went back to like OP, like original Petunia. Like this is the Petunia from the first book, but with more like adding on what we know now, which is good. It's good character development for really not super important characters. So well done. It was, yeah, um, economical. S- small point of order. Um, what's, uh, <laughs> that was on page 41. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first word on page 41? Oh, are, are we in a, are we in different? We might be. We finally have different page numbers. We may have different page numbers, which is going to make it really hard for me to send encrypted messages to you just using a series of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, and mine's mine's a, a first first edition. Like oh. this is the first book that I waited in line until midnight to get. Wow. I got it at our Barnes and Noble. For those listening at home, it's a substantial book. It's a hardcover. It's it's, uh, it's been through a lot. Um, if I just leave the page open, it eventually flips back to the opening of chapter two because that's <laughs> where the spine is broken. Ah, <laughs> that's where you put a too large of a bookmark. That's, I don't know what happened. It was hmm. only chapter two. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way that I stopped after that first chapter to stare at chapter two. It, d- it doesn't I, make sense. I bet you were like carrying it like with your thumb in the page out of the car because like you you got home from the bookstore that your parents were driving you. Anyway, um, anyway, um, the first word on page 41 is a quote from Harry and it's er. Oh, we are the same then. Yeah. So far. I just didn't see the Petunia quote on mine. It's all. It's middle of the page. Oh, yep. There it is. Harry spent most of the afternoon. Okay. All right. We're We're good. Good Good deal. I was really worried there for a second because I've constructed so many messages just using series of numbers. Well, and your your book is early edition too yeah sure you got it from your family so it's probably not a newer the higher risk is with a newer paperback probably it's copyright 2000 so anyway that's not uh, (laughs) that's not housekeeping housekeeping though i'm glad that is that does make me happy because i like being able to have the same pages that's maybe the one, one of the oddest like side happy things that I've discovered in this podcast is that the paperback to the hardcover is the same. Yeah, which is neat. Most of the time. Just way smaller margins. Okay, chapter five, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that about? Harry spends the night at the burrow, and he meets the oldest Weasleys, learns about Percy's new job, and learns about Fred and George's budding business. Yay! It's terrifying. They're going to kill some people. It's... They need li- wizard lawyers to like. <laughs> I, I some... imagine Percy could be that if he liked them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he needs to get his own house because he is insufferable. Okay. Uh, older <laughs> older Weasley brothers. Yeah, we meet Charlie and Bill who we've, we've heard about. Did we meet Charlie? I thought we did during the dragon transaction. I don't know if we met Charlie or if we met Charlie's friends. Oh, I think they may have sent an in- intermediary. Yeah. But I liked how uh, Harry Potter, like Ray Charles, his way through the situation. He, <laughs> he, he felt his hand. And he's like, oh, yes, I know this, this man. Yes. This one. <laughs> I'm like, dang. 
Um, I'm going to check Harry Potter wiki because they... I'm pretty sure they just met one of his friends. No, I, I, I'm thinking now when they were on the uh, on the astronomy tower roof, mm-hmm. I, I think that Harry had an observation of like this one was had ginger hair. Must be a Weasley. Oh, like, yep, yep. I think that happened. So I think we maybe did meet him once. And then, well, I'm just going to keep going while you look that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Bill, which does, what does he do? Bill works at Gringotts Bank. Gringotts. Oh, we got a fist pump too. It must be cool. Um, yeah, um, Bill's funny. First mention. It is interesting how like you would expect at Gringotts that you would have to dress like really properly and stuff, but Bill's just like, nah, I'm behind the scenes. Nobody sees me. I just have to like wear clothes. I'm like, that's more realistic. Like, I'm glad they didn't, you know, because they could have gone in that direction where he had to dressed to the nines every day and i'm kind of glad they didn't i think it's it feels more weasley that yeah, that he's yeah. not buttoned up and like that that to me is percy if, yeah. if percy has the means he's gonna be a sharp dresser yep yep and that's I'm not, okay i'm not convinced uh cauldron thickness is going to provide him the means to be a sharp dresser you know people are giving him a lot of flack for that but that sort of stuff has saved a lot of lives it's yeah no i i, I was <laughs> it's really that. important and thinking that, you know, Harry is clearly 14. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He does not care about cauldron thickness, and neither does Ron, and Ron is sick of hearing about it. Yeah. But, like, that's a legitimate job. It's yeah. a legitimate job to, to protect the safety of the masses. Yeah, it's the consumer safety stuff, and, and sometimes it can be too overreaching, and you can't even get cute little candies inside of your... Um, you can't get toys inside your candy and stuff like that where it's like that's a little bit ridiculous but you know overall way fewer kids are dying from stupid things so I I just can't believe that I am okay with Percy (laughs) like (laughs) like as I get to know Percy like yeah he's still annoying but I, I get him way more as an adult now he he just reminds me a lot of one of my cousins whom I love a lot, and he works in D.C., and I'm like, awesome, work in D.C. That is so good for you. He's doing a great job because he's very, like, attentive to details like that, and he loves just nerding out and geeking out about stuff, and I'm like, awesome, you do that. I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I'm over here looking at myself thinking, great, I'm, I'm wishing that Harry eats a, a rounder diet <laughs> and, <laughs> and okay with percy being percy i am an adult (laughs) oh harry with his cake uh so it was it was so funny when harry met bill and the line is like bill was just cool he was was so cool no other word for it and then the way he goes to describe it it's not cool this this is a very specific time period of cool that it's like decades before now what is going on an earring and And a ponytail and a ponytail i know someone like this and it's i mean we all know people like this right but uh yeah a ponytail and earring and he's just cool (laughs) he slack lines Alyssa. he's got a slack line oh that's the image you had the image i had was like trench coat trench coat kid initially considered that um because it is it would make a bit of sense coming from that family. It, it but like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Trench coat would make a lot of sense too, like a, like the library kids, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. 
Um, it's, it's funny to me because this description is not that far off from our past book of yes of the yes. oh what was his name roy roland randy, no, randy Ra- raymond <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea that other guy oh i can't it remember his name go. but the 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 fellow in the couple at the cottages <laughs> who wanted wanted a deferment that book really makes an impression you know really sticks with you all those characters oh are so i memorable. i can i can talk about <laughs> About our, our main three characters all day long, but yep. oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> oh, Rodney, Rodney, there that's we go. right, <laughs> and Chrissy, Rodney and Chrissy. Yep, cool. Nailing it over yeah. here. Uh, okay, I'm so glad that we shared the same thing of Bill and like reading the description of Cool and being like, uh... <laughs> like, like <laughs> there are a lot of things about these books that that have uh, aged decently. Mm-hmm. I think that is maybe just a, a, a byproduct of not aging well. Yeah. Like it, the writing yeah. probably worked. It, it feels a bit YA that one description. Felt, how me. old was Joanne when she wrote this? I have no idea. I don't know how old she was when she was. I feel like however old she was, it shows in that passage of like, this is what older women think younger people think is cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's true though. Sorry. Yeah, it it, uh, it feels a little bit like, yeah, that was cool in like the late 70s. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, it was cool to a very specific subset. Anyway, um, we got to know Pig in this chapter. Yeah. I just want to talk about that real quick. I knew. That's why I put it there. <laughs> what is it? Pig's, pig's word? Pig, pig's? Pigwidgeon. Pigwidgeon. I like that name. Whatever. It's it's a combination of two birds. Pig and pigeon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Wait, pigeon and what? Um, pigeon and oh, I looked it up and I didn't write it down. Mm. I think probably one of my most popular tweets of all time was saying that Pokemon ruined me because I've I always put a D in pigeon now because Pidgey the Pokemon had a D in it and uh and Pidgeot and Pidgeotto and stuff, but uh pigeon does not have a D, listeners. It does not. So it it's not pigeon has nothing to do with it. Oh. It's it's a combination of two different duck species. What? The pig ah. and the widgeon. Ah. You're kidding me. That's fun. So it is very much like how you would name a Pokemon. You just take like two things that are kind of arounded the subject and then you just kind of put them together. I like it. I like it. Anyway, P- pigeon is another name for the rock dove. The rock Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're doves. Anyway, they make the same sound. Mm, very nice. <laughs> My cat's freaking out, man. Uh, anyway, pig was there, and I like pig an awful lot. And uh, out. I feel like pig and crookshanks are gonna have a way better relationship than than scabbers and crookshanks. In that, yeah, they're just gonna kind of ignore each other. <laughs> I I think crookshanks will have more patience for pig than Hedwig has for pig. Oh yeah, certainly. But I think that patience won't always, like, there's a limit to it. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. But Pig's also very fast and hard to catch, so we'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the antics for sure. Anyway, Pigwidgeon means small or petty. Really? <laughs> oh, small makes sense. Petty. Petty may make we'll sense. See. We don't we'll know see. Pig well enough. <laughs> I'm still getting to know this little... This little critter. So that's good. I was happy to see Pig. Needed to get that out there. Overall, uh, 
this was definitely a glimpse into um, the Burrow life. So the Weasleys never really put a filter on, but now we're getting like full Weasley. Like, like she is officially, Mrs. Weasley is officially like, yep, you just kind of are in my house and you're, your family and you're part of the family you see it all all of it <laughs> to where she was like ranting and raving and going on about the owls and all that and i'm like geez this is kind of awkward like yeah ugh. i mm, i love mrs weasley i do mm-hmm. they're like the minute she appeared on the page it was like just this wonderful shining moment of of Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley. And I was like, these two lovely humans. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. I love them. They're they're the best of the best. But. And then Mrs. Weasley turns into a ranting exposition bot. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd, I, why? Why do we need this? Why? And I, I get that we're still, you know, reminding people. I mean, at this point, I think this was the longest wait for a book between the third and the fourth book hmm. that they'd okay. had yet. And... Harry Potter started to take off around the second book. And so it was, it was a huge audience at this point that was waiting a long time. So at the time it served a very specific purpose of remember when, but I just didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need all the exposition and I didn't understand Mrs. Weasley as incredibly loving of a person as she is. Mm -hmm. Yes. She has a temper, but ranting that much at two kids who are unrelated. I don't I don't really Yeah get it. I think I don't know. And I don't know if she was talking to herself and she would have been saying all those things and they just kinda happened to be there to be targeted it's just, or I don't know. Have have you ever ranted at yourself? I mean, I have. I legit I mean, I'm I'm I am Mrs. Weasley. But <laughs> No, no. When I fume I I don't. I don't know. I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because I, I just think it feels a lot more like the author's voice than her voice. It was just in such complete sentences. Like mm-hmm. it, if it was mm-hmm. more choppy and reactive to things, and like I'm gonna like my words are punctuating my actions, kind of a thing. Yeah. And she had a reason that she was using the audience that she was. I didn't understand yeah. why she was ranting at Harry and Ron. They didn't ask about it. They didn't ask for it. Like if Mr. Weasley was still there and she was ranting at him, meanwhile, like instructing the kids, yeah, yeah. like that would make more sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just, it just didn't feel like a real conversation that would actually be happening to those people at that time. It felt, and and because of it, like there was a shadow cast across the rest of the chapter. Like she, her mood and her temperament and that whole thing kind of like just loomed over the whole chapter. It definitely set the tone. It also like on the page, it felt really unanchored. Like she was moving and she was doing all these mm-hmm. things and the mm-hmm. magic was punctuating everything. And it was a really like interesting magical moment of all of the things going on. Yeah. But it it also like, I, I didn't understand where Harry and Ron were in relation to her. And it just felt Really, like, like she was vivid on the page, and the blurred edges started as soon as she was, like, yeah. is, is immediately next to her. We got tied into her tunnel vision, and yeah. I think it just it went on longer than it needed to. It didn't work. Yeah. But there were 11 people, and they had to fit around a table. And, right uh, right uh, after this, those kids had to set that table. 
<laughs> yeah, the whole flying table thing. It felt very uh, whimsical. I feel like I would have thought it was really cool when I was younger. But I was looking down, and I'm like, tables are expensive. And I don't know. It just... I, <laughs> I'm weird about people like messing with my stuff. <laughs> so the idea of someone just like picking up my tables and making them fight each other, I would be so annoyed. I coming on that scene, I, I was like, I don't really understand how this is even interesting. <laughs> like, like I, I don't quite get why the, the Hermione and Ginny and the uh, are the twins there too. I don't think. Well, maybe I don't know. Uh, I think I think there was more of an audience because Hermione was like sort of hiding and looking like somewhere between amused and and disapproving, and Ginny was all for it. So I think the twins might have been there too because yeah. they had more of an audience. I think they were all getting the table set for dinner, minus so, yeah. Percy who's leaning out the window and yelling at people for making <laughs> any noise at all or existing. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I came. I, I when when I saw that on the page, I was like, this is how is this interesting but then yeah how are you able to destroy the furniture also not cool but then they at least clean up their own mess That's like true. they they know how to fix it set everything down they set the table well they fix the leg like everything looks as you found it which you know i i've like been in adult like water fights in a kitchen mm -hmm. and like it seems wrong because we're in the kitchen and we're adults and like this is making a giant mess and someone's going to yell at us. And it's yeah. like, no, as long as we clean it up and are adults about it, then yep. it's yep. fine. And that that's so, you know, I guess it's forgivable. Yeah, it's fun. They need to pass time and, and they can do magic because, you know, they're not in school, so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, they're <laughs> grown ups. So it's kind of one more way to get magic in the house without it coming from a student and having to face that whole thing. And the whole time, Crookshanks is ch chasing little gerblins, or what are they? Gnomes. Gerblins? Gnomes. Okay. Which, I don't know. That'd be pretty fun. She's behind you. <laughs> yeah. She's, she was making some noise. If she makes a flying leap for me. Okay. Sounds terrifying. Yeah, she's made a habit of doing that. Anyway, she must have heard we were talking about cats. So you're better than Crookshanks, aren't you? Yeah. As she knocks up. <laughs> Classic. Okay. So, <clears throat> table of 11 people. Is that a good time to be talking about, like, a, someone who's literally wanted? 100% like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It just feels like one of those, like, movie things where, like, as long as you're whispering and the camera's only showing you two, that means no one else can hear it. And it, it felt like just an advanced version of that. Well, like, uh, and, I mean, Harry... And Hermione are the guests. Like, I feel like more people would be aware of them. Like, yeah. Mrs. Weasley might pay more attention to them just as the hostess in the back of her mind. And, like, yeah, uh, Harry's definitely, like, a part of the family and he's going to see warts and all here. But but they usually will be like, so Harry, how's your summer? So she, Hermione, how's your summer? All that. She dotes on him. And yeah. I'm just amazed that no, no real interest in and, and i mean that might be part of the novelty of having her two oldest sons there too like yeah there's harry but these are my children and yeah. how often does she get to see them like doesn't charlie live in romania <laughs> like that's probably pretty rare to have him home and he has the scars and stuff she's probably like oh you're burnt up and he's like no mom it's part of the job he's the cool one 
He's the let's he's be real. Absolutely here. He the cool is the one. Cool How one. is Bill like I don't I don't it's, get I'm still it. Not over it's, that. And and knowing Harry, I don't get why why the presence of Bill is mm-hmm. is the one he's like, yeah, yep. yeah. That's the cool he's guy. that's the dream, the banker. <laughs> and the, <laughs> no. the bank. The guy who he's not even a bank he works at the bank. If he was actually a banker, he'd have to wear like nice clothes. Which his job, kind of the way he described his job of like as long as I bring home the gold, it's like I, I yeah. almost imagine him like mining gold or something. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't mining. sound like proper banking either. I think he may have been making a joke there. Yeah. Like as know. long as I bring home the bacon, it's a job, right? Like maybe. I don't know. I couldn't. But tell. I I wouldn't put it past the Wizarding World to have weird banking. Like there, there's a roller coaster to get to your vault. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's a roller coaster to get to your vault, and maybe what you make is just like whatever falls on the floor or something. Like I, I don't know. It's I don't weird. know. It, it, they might have some seven dwarves mentality <laughs> of you know, hi ho, hi ho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take your gold. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, Bertha Jorkins, remember her? I do. Harry doesn't. No. Nope. <laughs> Apparently, that part of the dream didn't make it through. Or he just wasn't paying attention. It's yeah, he didn't connect the dots at all. Yeah, I think his dream must have just been way more abstract than than anything. Or I mean, when you wake up from a dream, it no matter does. how vivid it is when you're yeah. having it, you know, you you wake up and you're like, oh man, that was that was so complete. I say as now all I can remember is that mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a cat. Like <laughs> it's incredibly vivid. I remember none of it. Uh, <laughs> we did get to see Percy trying to like pull rank on his dad in terms of like, oh, I know all these people and my people are better than your people. And it's like, kid, simmer down. Know your place. Like I didn't get that sense that what? he was that I mean not was... not better than dad, better than Ludo Bagman. Yeah, but it felt like he was being really dismissive of his dad to me. Where it's like, kid, like, yeah, sure, you're you're young and enthusiastic, but like like respect your dad. Like it, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, I I'm not a huge fan of Percy, but there was something about that conversation that I really appreciated. I really liked seeing Percy and Mister Weasley talk shop a little bit, yeah, and, and do so largely as equals, and to kind of see what their personalities are in that. Like I feel like Mister Weasley did respect what Percy had to say, and. Percy wasn't overwhelmingly interested in what Mr. Weasley had to say, but I think he appreciated that he was talking to someone who knew, who knew the industry and knew what it was like to work at the ministry and, you know, and knew the names of all these people. We know the people, you know, the character of those people. And yeah, you, you like Ludo Bagman. Of course you like Ludo Bagman. He's likable. Everybody likes Ludo Bagman. That doesn't mean he's good at his job, which I completely understand that. I work with, like pe- people who are likable and not great. And I work with people who are, you know, great and not likable. <laughs> I've been that. I've, I've been, the I've one probably been fr- both of them. <laughs> yeah. I've totally been there. But I also feel like Percy would be someone who would, who would talk about like the department with a capital D. Well, he does talk and... about the project with the capital P. Yeah. He, does. he wants people to ask about. Yeah. Does he, do you think? I he wants people to ask so he can tell them he can't talk about it. Oh yeah. Definitely yeah, that. Totally. 
he wants everyone to know that he's he's in on the goods. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the goods are. I know you want to ask me. I yeah. <laughs> Come on, play the game. What do you think? What's the name of the department? Uh, it's like international. All the times he said it and it didn't stick with me. Yeah. Which tells me that the exposition didn't work super well. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I just kind of like the second I saw a capital letter and just like skip to the next part of the sentence. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you don't read like that? I'm like, got it. <laughs> sometimes not a great reader. <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, well, let me find it. I, I got it through college, so I'm set. Um, Department of International Magical Cooperation. Mm. Uh, so maybe head of department there's that which is quasi shorthand yeah that's that's true that is shorter i don't know what's a project they could be working on um internationally internationally i don't know maybe they're maybe they're hunting down serious or maybe no that's not really that department i i don't know I don't yeah know. He, he's in cauldron trade yeah so. maybe it's something to do with hogwarts We'll see. Maybe they're stepping up security, stepping up something in the Hogwarts. So the same thing doesn't happen again where the threat comes from the inside. That'd be nice. Uh, so that's their top secret project. We'll find out about that eventually. Um, so next we're off to the Triwizard Tournament. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm? That is between Bulgaria and uh-huh. Ireland. Who's going to win? Who's going to win the Triwizard Take Tournament? It, place your bets now. You haven't corrected me yet. I'm still waiting for it. The Triwizard Tournament? Huh? The Triwizard Tournament. Huh? <laughs> did you I I you didn't you didn't start with that. Oh, I did. You said Quidditch World Cup, didn't you? Nope. Never said oh the word my Quidditch. Gosh. <laughs> I filled in the blank to Quidditch World Cup because you're like next we're off to the Quidditch World Cup. Nope, sure didn't. Oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm listening. I'm doing great. That's great. Uh, Quidditch World Cup. I don't care about Quidditch. Who cares? It's probably going to last too long. Uh, who will win? Uh, Bulgaria. I don't Bulgaria. care. It's Quidditch. Who cares? It's it's literally like I didn't care about real sports. I certainly don't care about <laughs> fictional ones. <laughs> I don't care. Fly your brooms. I don't care. <laughs> who do you think's going to win? <laughs> All right, let's get out of this chapter. What's your favorite quote? <laughs> chapter five. Yeah, that's everything that I had. Um, my favorite quote is on page 55. God, I swear, I swear I, I like was not listening. I heard Quidditch World Cup. I'm just <laughs> devastated that I wasn't even listening that to you. So this is an audio podcast that and I wasn't so listening good. to the person I'm talking to. That's okay. It happens like to me sometimes. Terrible mistake. On page 55. Oh, we didn't really talk about this. It's a quote from Ginny. Mm. She says, we've been hearing explosions out of the room for ages, but we never thought they were actually making things. <laughs> we thought they just liked the noise. <laughs> I did really like that. <laughs> That's a better quote than what I picked. That's a great quote. Uh, so yeah, she's talking about the twins starting Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, which is their their you know, their startup business Terrible name. that 
they've been like making candies and fake wands and all sorts of crazy stuff that Mrs. Weasley is ranting about. Like we've talked around it for this whole chapter. Yeah. But her going for the her wand to clean stuff up or something's boiling over and she reaches for a wand and like turns into a mouse. It's like okay. It's, it's, it's a great that... opportunity for some exposition. If only she had just like dropped it and sworn. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think that may have been the lev- moment where I like leveled with her where I'm like, that would be incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to s- clean. Oh, definitely being the mother of two pranksters. <sighs> like it's a nightmare. I yeah. fully understand her rage. Yeah, <laughs> I, for sure. I don't understand her exposition. But anyway, the, the twins have made like dozens or hundreds i think it was like 60 or 70 different like candies and fake wands and all sorts of stuff and they are on their way to like a proper business model it seems but first they have to beta test on unwitting passers-by how are they doing this without magic that i had that same question of like like, do potions count as magic because i would count them but maybe they don't they consider potions the more switch? just science. Like, I think it's just like, what's magical about adding these ingredients? And, like, well, but you do use a spell usually. Like, I don't know. Like, may- maybe it's because so much of it's potions that you it blurs the line and it doesn't, like, you know, yeah, trip the radar or whatever. But And it could just be they have all those bags of existing prank toys and they're literally just mixing and matching and repackaging and and trying to combine them in different ways and figure out what happens. I don't know. And may or maybe it's a proximity thing because remember when when the ministry was flagged in Chamber of Secrets for magic at the Dursleys' house, Mm. Harry hadn't been the one to do the magic. It was Dobby. Yeah. And so maybe it's just a lot harder to track at the Weasley's house because it's a house full of wizards. Yeah. And there are So they can get away with stuff. Yeah. That could be What a nightmare for Mrs. Weasley to have all these kids that you have to really monitor because the ministry will not be able to help you. Reminds me of the babysitter in the Incredibles. Yes. (laughs) It's just that poor poor Carrie or whatever her name is. Poor thing. So, okay. Yeah, that's my favorite quote. What about yours, Clark? Mine is on page 54. Let's see. Oh, I think I just liked the the phrasing here because I had never ever heard this before. Um, but it's Hermione being surprisingly um socially aware of the situation um uh, because Mrs. Weasley goes on and on and on and Hermione and Ginny come down the stairs and like Hermione's trying to get him out of there, right? So she says, why don't you show Harry where he's sleeping, Ron? Said Hermione from the doorway. And Ron says, he knows where he's sleeping in my room. He, sleep- he slept there last. And Harry, er, Hermione cuts him off and she says, we can all go. <laughs> <laughs> Take the exit. <laughs> <laughs> said Hermione pointedly. Oh, said Ron, cottoning on. Right. <laughs> Cottoning on. Cottoning yeah, on. I haven't heard that. What is that? That's nice. I Did like that. Did mine say that? I don't even remember that. Cottoning on. Who knows? I Have you heard that? Is that a British-ism? Must be, right? Cottoning on, 41. Oh, yeah. It's totally on there. I've huh. never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be. Yeah. Anyway, I like that little turn of phrase. I like seeing Hermione actually be socially aware of situations. And just being like and socially useful. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like there's Hermione. Not just like I'm picking up on everything and unable to actually engage it. <laughs> yep. 
So anyway, I liked that moment. It was funny. It's just Ron is so oblivious constantly. I still I wish I liked that character more. Well, here's the thing. He's a Weasley. And like you said earlier, Harry's one of the Weasleys and he's going to see warts and all. Ron's probably just used to like, like, I mean, I can hear it now or I can hear it later. We're going to hear it. Yeah, like, it doesn't true. really matter. Yeah. He's like, yeah. All right. He's not used to having an out like that. And Hermione's over there like, I'm incredibly uncomfortable. And I think Harry is too. And we would <laughs> like to not be around the yelling. Yeah. Please. <laughs> All right, on to chapter six, the port key. The port key. It's it's uh, when the Weasleys, Harry, and Hermione rise early to hike to the port key to get to the Quidditch World Cup. What? The Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> Not the Triwizard Tournament. Oh, come on. Quidditch World Cup. What's the fun in that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we learn a lot about um, just how the world of travel works in the wizarding world. We learn all about apparating and splicing, splitching, splinching, splinching. Uh, it sounds probably, probably about like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate really. Uh, so you can splinch and that's if you allocate, apparate wrong and you're in two places at once and it doesn't kill you. Yeah. That's sort of the surprising part. So surprising. And, and also, I sort of imagine when they say like, oh, well, he left half of him behind. Like, I sort of imagine like a clean like halfway cut, like at yeah. the waist or maybe like two-faced style or something. But they're like, no, like I shuddered to think of the body parts they left behind. So it's like an eye and a couple of teeth and yeah, some fingernails. Yeah, like, imagine like and leg like and eye. A ugh. Le- like, ugh, ugh. It's terrifying. I don't like that. Uh, so, it, I do like that there is high risk for teleporting. Like... That yeah. should not be easy. Yeah, it's a little bit overpowered, and I'm glad that you have to get a license for it. I'm glad that uh, they take that seriously. Because, yeah, there would be some serious power creep with this series if it's like, oh, well, now you can just kind of be anywhere at any time with no possible repercussions. That's just, I'm glad they bit that right in the uh, bud. I imagine it's a bit like a driver's license, though. Like, you can probably get away with it for a long time. yeah. If you're good enough at it that you don't raise the red flag. So it's a lot like driving. <laughs> yeah. Or a yeah. lot about like a lot like driving with a DUI record. Like your license is suspended. Hmm. Mm. But who's who's going to know until you're pulled over again? Oh, they have whole groups for that. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I wonder. I mean. Obviously, Sirius can't apparate, or he would have apparated right out of, well, there were charms and stuff, but. You can't apparate out of Hogwarts. Haven't you read Hogwarts of History? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, they mentioned that like a bunch of times, didn't they? Yeah, I think it made its first mention in the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, they really want because us to know that. Dumbledore couldn't, like, there was no swift way for him to get back to Harry when he was in his face off with Quirrell. Yeah, that's what it was. And then, yeah, and then there were some specific, like, I think you couldn't apparate in and out of Hogsmeade last book. Mm. Like, I, th- I think they, like, closed that down because they wanted to further protect Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. Which is why so, I had to take so we've heard about this for a long time. This is our first time really seeing anything like it, though. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It definitely adds a new complexity, which we'll definitely see, of course, used. 
I do like that there that there are many and various ways that you can get around the wizarding world. You can yeah. fly, you can take the night bus, you can operate, you can flew. Like that that makes sense. There are a lot of uh equivalents in our own world that I feel like, yeah, okay. This is like driving and this is like I mean, operating I think if if you if you put like flying like driving. Yeah. Taking the bus is taking the bus and I am surprised at like this this chapter really does not many chapters of Harry Potter have done what this does where it really outlines the rules of the universe in like an actually like numbers sort of way where it's saying like the wizarding world isn't like we don't have that many places of our own certainly nowhere that can host a hundred thousand people which like muggles we have a lot of places that can host 50 60 thousand people easily and then we have Olympic stadiums we can construct that can host over a hundred thousand. So it's like, we have those, but the the wizards like, you know, you, you kind of wonder like, well, how much wizard stuff is really out there? Turns out we've seen pretty big places. Like, it's not as vast and expansive as you may think. I don't know. That was kind of weird to me. Yeah, this feels a little bit. I mean, you you mentioned Olympic stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Olympic villages spring up for one purpose and then are abandoned. And yeah, it takes them ten years to build, and they just kind of slowly degrade for the rest. Of yeah. The yeah, and this, you know, we're we're building a stadium and who knows what else on an a, on a deserted moor for a hundred thousand wizards feels a little bit like that and yeah, probably yeah. happens i mean it happens every year quidditch world cup and so this happens every year probably in every country and they and can't just leave it standing because they... because different different countries host yeah that's crazy and uh, i mean it, it's interesting to me I, what what i think might have been more interesting than having it on a deserted moor would be to totally break a rule of the world and, to, and totally reshape it but to have some sort of like liaison government department that works with muggle governments oh, and, interesting. and and instead yeah. of like we're we're going to hide entirely have like no we're you know this entity works with this other this department works with this department and we're renting out like this massive football stadium for this or what if it was just an empty and Olympic? it's like we're gonna make it sound like the lamest yeah event that no one's ever gonna go to and we're gonna magic that so that no one's gonna be interested in the event and we're gonna book all of our tickets and we'll just walk on in yep like it's nothing or even use the old olympic villages that are deserted and kind yeah of that. like yeah. i feel like there are a lot of a lot of other opportunities there um that i think would have been interesting an, an interesting glimpse into how this muggle world isn't entirely under the radar mm-hmm. like I, I don't know i think that would almost be more interesting than just a completely secret world yeah anyway i appreciated the, the detail i appreciated just how in like i feel like i got some answers and i feel like there's so many times where i'm like they they don't bother to show their math and they can do that it's fantasy that's fine but it's nice when they do show their math. Mm-hmm. No, it's nice when they can prove their world their world works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I do like that you can sum up this whole chapter too with just saying like the family walks up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's very british <laughs> it <laughs> like, is yeah um yeah and uh, oh i had a thought where did it go hmm. hundred thousand wizards that's a lot of wizards did we oh. know there were that many wizards by the way i don't think we've ever put a number to it i wonder are there millions I don't know. Okay. I right. guess we'll see. I don't know. Because, I mean, yeah, we have 100,000 people flock to the Olympics, but there are billions of us. So. Oh, that was something that I, I it kind of got a mention in the last chapter, but mm. I can ask you this chapter. Sure. So they talk a little bit about um, how, you know, we're reminded of how Quidditch can go for a really stinking long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's that's an added complication to these stadiums, too, whatever they build. Like, you have to be able to support fans for a week. Didn't the longest one last, like, seven months or something? It was it was something crazy like that. It was that. a long time. It was, that's and, true. And I imagine that the more professional you get, the the more controlled the time frame is. Yeah. But... But... The snitch is the snitch, <laughs> and it, and if they're evenly matched, yeah, like, and if there's bad weather, and yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah. And so it it it's all very interesting to me. So I'm wondering, um, in in this instance where England's hosting, and all these people are flocking, what does that do, like, to everything else? Like, does everything else come to a standstill for like weeks at a time? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, how would you request work off to go to that knowing like it, and and maybe you just go for a week and you see the games that you see and you leave. Like or like the part of the game really. And Yeah, but maybe that's just kind of it where it's like, yeah, I was there for the first part and then I watched the rest on the telly. And, and like what's what's the function of like like What's the functionality of being a fan in that too? Of like, do you sleep in your seat? Like, are are these seats? Oh, the true fans do. Beds or like, like yeah, are the like highest priced seats like basically a full on condo? Oh, I bet the box seats have beds at least. And and like you can go in and out, and you don't have to interact with anyone else, and you have your your own private bathroom, and it's like you've rented an apartment with a perfect view of the Quidditch World Cup. That's a good point. Yeah. And like, yeah, what's, I mean, if it goes on for days and days and days, like, do you, and you're like rabid fan, do you ever leave? Like <laughs> Zeppelins. That's the answer. It's because any, at any time the game could end. Yeah. That's... It's a terrible game. <laughs> it's such a bad, it's so stupid. It's, it's not a good game. <laughs> it just sounds so stressful to me. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much of my life I'm giving up for this. And if I really care, like I have to be there the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Football games, if they go on for like more than a couple hours, I'm like, this is dumb. This is stupid. But at least there's a time clock. That's true. That's true. Like you you can walk away and be like, you know, something crazy could happen in this bathroom break or in this time that I'm going to the concession stand. And that's a risk I'm willing to take. But at least I know that there's another six minutes of gameplay left. Yeah. To where it's like anything that happens can be. I might miss the epic game changing moment. But I won't what I won't miss the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about port keys. Yeah, you do. Port keys. It's another way of traveling, where an object teleports you. Mm-hmm. Um. And you can do a group teleport. <laughs> if it, and you just have to touch it, 
and you don't have to say where you're going. It's just, it's a one-way ticket. It's a one-way thing. It's, I think it's a one-way thing. It seemed, I was trying to remember if it was like a, as soon as you touch it, it takes you, Mm -hmm. but it seems like they had enough time to make sure everybody was touching it and like everyone had a good, Yeah. so it wasn't activated by touch. It it seemed like there was a proper time. I mean, Amos is so dense and (laughs) not. He's too busy being proud of his own son for existing <sighs> to notice anything else. <laughs> yep. Enough that that he, even with freaking out because it's Harry Potter, just just drags Harry Potter of like, well, if you were a better flyer, you would have beat my kid. And Harry's like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, I had dementors, man. Like, I heard my mother's <laughs> voice screaming as she died. <laughs> like... Yeah, but you're right, man. Totally a bad flyer. Someone cursed my broom. Never mind. <laughs> I literally had a teacher cursing my broom. Voldemort cursing my broom. No, like, doesn't matter. What, what does the V word do for you, huh? huh? Yeah, I feel like that should be <laughs> ch- Harry's. Yeah, well, uh, Voldemort was messing with my broom. Sorry. But yeah, Voldemort is messing with my broom. Anyway, I'm sure your son's a better flyer. <laughs> <laughs> It's just good. It's good. Uh, we also met Cedric to degree the son, who has <laughs> got the cold shoulder from the Quidditch players, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. But and we've, I think we've met him before. I think. I think so. I, I think yeah. we met him during the match that Harry lost. Yeah, and um, I think he was a nice guy. Really. Yeah. It's I. I'm I. I am. I'm. In, I'm interested to see what my opinion is is of him now. Puff Nation. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I knew you'd be happy to meet a fellow Puff. That's right. Puff Puff Pass. Let's do it. <laughs> Puff Nation boys. Uh, cool. But he's um, uh very quiet in this chapter. Very quiet. But he barely says a word. Almost described as a hunk. Like the like the he language a that she dreamy. used. Like like extremely handsome or something like that. That it was like. Who is this through the eyes of? Like, when did this narrator start noticing how men looked? <laughs> like The narrator's been Jenny the whole time. <laughs> she's just now coming to the age where she's like, wait a second. Like, look at this hottie over here. <laughs> Wasn't there another Quidditch leader that's also a total hunk? Um, or was that just in the movies? <laughs> every Everybody has a giant crush on, on the fellow who plays oliver wood that's what it is oliver wood but i don't get the sense in the books that he like he's stocky and just like obsessed with quidditch and i don't like Hmm. so that's more of an actor he calls the team guys and and i think angelina always corrects him that hey ladies over here too lots of ladies say people hey people yeah i i don't Hmm. get this like he, he his sexuality is Quidditch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but Diggory, he could be anything. He could be. He's, he's an enigma. He's the full package. <laughs> um, just ask his father. <laughs> Jeez. That's so embarrassing. That's parents, though. Uh, all right, favorite quotes? I will go first this time because I think it's my turn. Yeah, go first. What's all yours? All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're 65. I'm like, no. you're like, I don't like any of these words. These are terrible <laughs> quotes. 
I just okay. So it's on page sixty-seven. I just like they're talking about passing the uh, apparition tests, and it's a uh, Percy only passed two weeks ago. Said George, he's been apparating downstairs every morning since just to prove he can. It's like, of course he has. He literally doesn't walk down the steps. He does this complicated wizard ritual just to just to show that he can. It's such a. <sighs> It reminds me of having my driver's license and you drive places just because you like, you can. Oh, you need something from the grocery store? I'll go. I'll, I'll go, go. I'll go. You, and it's you know so... what? You're right. I think we do need milk. We need milk right now. Yep. No, I, I'll get no, it. we won't drink water. We need milk. <laughs> Albertsons is closed. Great. Find a gas station. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Walmart's on the other side of town. I'll go over there. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh, your car's almost out of gas. Let me go fill it up. <laughs> you Can I have your credit card? <laughs> Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I just liked that little touch of like, of course, of course, Percy does that. And he's he's still almost a kid. Yeah. He's practically still a kid. He's such a kid. All right. What you got? 65 from the looks of it? Yeah. My favorite quote is on page 65. It is, uh, they dressed in silence, too sleepy to talk. Then yawning and stretching, the four of them headed downstairs into the kitchen. It's not spectacular. Mm. But there is something about this whole page that, like, I mean, when Harry wakes up, he felt around for his glasses, put them on and sat up. It was still dark outside. Ron muttered indistinctly at his mother as his mother woke him up. And at the foot of Harry's mattress, he saw two large disheveled shapes emerging from the <laughs> tangles of blankets. Like, yeah, yeah. It, there's something about this that was just so comforting and reminiscent of, like, it feels like the first time that my family went to Disney World when you wake mm. up so long before the crack of dawn so you can get everybody together and you get them to the airport so you can get through security so you can leave Montana at five in the morning because that's the only time when flights are apparently. <laughs> and parents always want to be like an hour and a half early to the airport even though there's no line and two and gates two gates and-, <laughs> and and it's all there's not even like an elevator it's so close and there's parking readily available it's not you don't need to be there two hours it's, early but but when you like it, there was just something about reading that that it was like it transported me back mm. to that first plane trip to an exciting place where you're like somewhere deep in your heart you're excited for the thing but you're still waking up and it doesn't even feel like you've had time to sleep and like yeah yeah, you got like not even and a everybody's cycle. groggy, and you're trying to remember all the things. And I don't know. There's this like sleepy anticipation that's really comforting and familiar and wonderful. And I just mm-hmm. really liked the the whole feeling of the scene. It reminds me of like when you are like camping with people, and like nobody is really upset to be awake. Like they're a little bit like, yes, I'd prefer to be in my bed, but everyone's like, like we've all signed up for for yeah. the thing that comes next it's like is... we know what yeah we're going to get up i'm we're on board going to make i don't breakfast. have to be cheery instantly yeah yeah but i'm also not gonna be crabby i'm just gonna and and everybody gets that nobody really says more than they need to say yeah like a neutral recognition of like i'm conscious now <laughs> yep yep and everybody's just cool with that i love that feeling it it reminds me of like the next thing you're going to hear is hopefully somebody stoking up the fire mm-hmm. and you'll start smelling that fire. And then hopefully somebody will be like, 
where's the coffee? And someone will be like, it's in the red cooler. And you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the same. Like, for, I love it. For my nostalgia, it's the like someone's, you know, quickly making up something like popping some pop tarts or like yep. heating up some tea in the microwave or something like this quick and makes very few dishes breakfast that'll suffice it'll suffice for everyone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah my it's... parents always insisted on like my dad always makes cappuccinos in his little cappuccino maker so he would make cappuccinos for all of us and we'd all have our to-go mugs with cappuccino but we need to drink them before we got to the airport (laughs) because (laughs) Because you can't take them in the airport (laughs) so we'd all also you don't want the to-go cup empty you want to leave it in the car (laughs) so we're leaving these milky (laughs) to-go mugs in the car i love that (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> so you get back in the car and it just smells like old milk and you're like oh yeah that was us and that that yeah that yellow glow that the entire house has when it's still dark out and you turn mm. on your tungsten lights and you're like <laughs> i don't know it's, it's light just... bulbs have come a long way since those <laughs> days anyway wow effective quote apparently yeah it just really transformed me like it it transported me back to that moment and i loved it i like it well thanks so much um next chapters we're reading are did you say seven and eight right we're doing the short ones i think so yeah Yeah. so it'll be chapters seven and eight we're doing two and then the ones after that will be nine and ten so so two two chapter episodes coming your way we're trying to section this out in a way that makes sense uh and give you enough warning if you want to read along with us so now you're there. We're on the same page. Um, what did you think of these chapters? What were your favorite quotes? Do you think... Um... I thought you were asking me. I was like, were you not listening? I know I wasn't <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> no, but we just talked about that for a while. We're good. We're good. I was there. Were you there? No, you <laughs> loving listeners. My friends over there on the other side. <clears throat> What'd you think? What'd you, who's, who's cooler, Charlie or Bill? <laughs> What kind of dinosaur are you? <laughs> and uh, if you were to make a prank candy or toy, what would it be? Ooh, what do you danger. think is yeah? What do you think is a missing invention in this wizard world that we haven't heard of yet, but you think would sell? So uh, give me your elevator pitches, and uh, I will take them and make money off of them. <laughs> so do that at WordstruckPod. I have been Clark. <laughs> I am at Alyssa Small on Twitter. You can find us at WordstruckPod on Instagram, and you can also email us at WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. And I'm Clark Hodges. <laughs> you can find me at Clark Hodges. Oh, or on Instagram at ClarkMakesArt. Um, also, feel free to follow another Instagram. My friend Riley and I just started up at Me Cook Pretty. Um, there is kind of a companion podcast that will go along with that, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. But anyway, uh... Bye, everybody.